Hey listeners, welcome back to Cultural Conversations. This is Patrick McMullen with iHub. Today we'll hear from Lori Nichols, Senior Director for International Tax at Adobe. Lori has worked in many countries around the world on various tax projects, and we are honored to hear from her today about her experiences working abroad. Thank you for joining us today. First, could you tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from, your education, where you're living now? Sure. So I was born and raised in a small rural town outside of Portland, Oregon. And I received my bachelor's and my master's degree in accounting from BYU, what feels like just a few years ago. I've been in the Bay Area since I graduated from from BYU, other than a couple of internships in Washington, D.C. So I feel like I'm a California native, almost. I hear it's a beautiful place to be. Now would you give us a little timeline of your career after you graduated from BYU? I took the public accounting route. So after spending two summers interning for Ernst & Young in Washington, D.C. in their national tax office, I started my career in San Jose, California. And so while my focus was public accounting and always in corporate taxes, I did complete my audit hours in order to get my CPA. And I had been at ENY as a tax manager for about a year and a half when I decided to leave public accounting and venture into the industry. And I took a domestic tax position at a small software company. And this is where I started to get the on-hand experience with international operations and international tax projects. And from that small company, uh, they were acquired by IBM And my boss and I continued to work at IBM for about a year and a half while we wrapped up the IRS tax audit and helped IBM with the various integrations. But I had consciously made the decision not to move back to New York with IBM, but rather take some time off and travel and then find another job afterwards. And with my tax network here in the Bay Area, I was easily able to find another job and I that's when I started this job at Adobe where my focus has been hundred percent international tax and next month I will have been here 15 years. Congratulations! I'm curious after all your experience in international tax have you found that there's a common misconception about what people think you do and what you actually do? <laughs> well I would say the common misconception is that uh, that people think tax is boring, but it's nothing of the sort. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of variety in my work. It can be quite complex. There's a lot of moving parts, but that's what keeps us on our toes. I get to work with people literally around the entire company. So every function within Adobe, we have interaction. And as the longer I've been with Adobe and the more projects I've done and the more operational I've become, it's true. I work with literally every function within the company, especially when I'm dealing with the integration for acquisition. So working through due diligence and then when we operationalize the integration plan and have to tax efficiently combine operations of an acquired company, I get the benefit of working with people all over the world and all over the company to accomplish that. That would be a really interesting experience working through the process of an acquisition. And I'm sure not many people get the chance to work with every team in a company. 
Now, what would you say is the nature of your business interactions with other cultures and countries? So as I mentioned earlier, my first industry job is when I really started working with people across the world and got experience in the international tax realm. But in my role now, I have teams of people that are in the U.S., Ireland, India, and I even have a person in Bermuda. So on a daily basis, I am working with people from different cultures right here in my San Jose office, but also I am working with people all around the globe. In international tax, that's just the nature of our business, and I work with people all over the company. I also travel not only to visit my teams, so in Ireland and India, but to meet with tax authorities and to meet with our tax advisors, sometimes for tax policy conferences. Just last year, I was in Paris, Milan, Madrid, and Dublin a couple of times. And I've also been to Singapore, Tokyo, Dubai, London, Munich, Amsterdam, Stockholm, and other places over the years. So in an international position, there is some travel, and I love to travel, so it's not a problem for me. I really enjoy it. The variety of places you've been to sounds amazing. Do you get to see much of the countries you visit while you're there for business? Even though it's work, I usually do, especially if my team is traveling with me, try to make something fun of it, whether we go to a historical site or just take the weekend and enjoy a couple of days learning a little bit about the culture and seeing where we are. But business travel is hard enough as it is that it's nice to be able to have a nice dinner or be able to go for a walk and see a park or something instead of just being on an airplane. Yeah, I bet it's nice to pause a minute and really enjoy where you're at. In any of your travels, have you ever experienced culture shock or noticed a big cultural difference? Well, I grew up in a home where we always seemed to have an exchange student living with us. In total, I think our family hosted probably 12 to 15 international students. So as I was growing up, I learned to appreciate and respect different cultures because I was living with them. And sometimes as a teenager, that's not always easy. But that said, before I traveled to Japan for business, I took advantage of one of the tools that Adobe offered. And this was an online resource where you could learn about any culture in the world. And it talked you through travel tips and culture and etiquette. Uh, Greeting etiquette is important in especially in a country like Japan where in the U.S. we tend to shake hands. We immediately reach out our hand and shake a hand and in Japan that is not appropriate. They bow, they put their hands together and bow, but reaching out your hand, I don't know if it's a cleanliness matter or what it is, but I found that that was really helpful to be able to educate myself. And I would say that probably Japan and India have been the two countries where I really had to think about the culture before going and understanding how the business operates. The one experience that comes to mind is when I was doing my first income tax audit for India. In the U.S., we have a certain way of managing tax controversy and dealing with the IRS auditor and dealing with our tax advisors. But culturally, India is very different and communicates differently and negotiates differently. And while I was wanting to come in and be a little bit more direct, like 
we generally are in the U.S., our tax advisors had to educate us on what the best approach was in negotiating and coming to resolution with these tax officers. So that was extremely helpful. Sounds like you had some very useful tools. So have you had to adapt the way you generally work when you travel? And do your interactions with your teams vary depending on what culture they come from? Well, I think one always needs to be aware of culture and the fact that that drives how one works and how one communicates. One of the exercises that I did with my team several years ago, and honestly, at that point in time, I had somebody on my team from India, Scotland, Ireland, Sweden, China, and the U.S. We did this exercise where we learned a little bit about our cultures and how people communicate. You know, like I said earlier, some people are very direct and some cultures are very direct and others I don't want to say beat around the bush, but are a little more flowery in their language. And it was a very interesting experience just within my small team to help us understand not to get offended when the Swede was communicating very directly because that's culturally, that's how he grew up. In other countries, they may not be that way. So does it change how I'm interacting with my team? I think it helps me understand where they're coming from and to be sensitive to that. So I, I suppose, yes, it changes only so that we're aware and aren't offensive or don't take offense and communicate a little bit better. It seems like there are a lot of positive benefits from that exercise. And overall, it appears that you have to be more flexible with how you do things. Yeah, well, you know, with global business, I think anybody these days is dealing with people all around the world. And I think it's just helpful to be thoughtful and respectful about how we communicate. I completely agree. I'm curious, in working with other countries, what kind of regulatory systems, or even lack thereof, have you had to deal with? Yeah, well, again, because international tax, we are dealing with tax authorities all over the world, and so most of what we do is governed by strict regulatory environment. I will say that Adobe has operations in a lot of different countries, and our legal team trains us on all the different compliance requirements, the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act and such. So as a company, we have certain compliance requirements, regulations, policies that we follow as a company, regardless of whether in certain countries they may operate differently, but we have a standard that we uphold for ourselves. And there have been some countries where I would say it's not as easy to do business in because of certain cultural norms may go against even Adobe's practice. So how do you learn to work with both cultural norms and your own roles and values? I would just say that if one is acting with integrity and I have a CPA and so I have a professional code of conduct and ethics that I operate by and I think that's the best way that you need to operate whether you're dealing with a tax authority or people in other countries who may not act upon the same strict line of integrity or ethics. And I just think that's a personal rule that I live by. I like that. So in spite of what other regulatory environments may be, always set your own. Now, what would you say are the biggest complexities you deal with in international tax? 
I mean, on the technical side, interpreting all of the tax legislation and the guidance that comes out and applying those facts to our business. As you can imagine, there's the law, then there's regulations that help explain what the law is, and then there's some technical guidance or court cases that, again, determine how some of those facts are applied to the law and are the law applying to the facts. And that gets complex because you know every situation is different every company is different how we're structured how we're operating is different than some of our peers and so sometimes we get questions from the business well why can't we do what company a b and c are doing but we may be operating differently in that particular jurisdiction and so different rules apply to us so I think interpreting all of the tax legislation and applying it is challenging. The other part is really navigating the business and navigating the politics. And you're going to have politics in any organization, in any business, and just the complexity of a large organization and navigating to accomplish common goals is challenging. It's also rewarding, but it's challenging. Yeah, I've always thought it interesting when I tell people I'm studying accounting, they think, oh, so you like math. Instead, it's a lot more like law, like you were saying, the complexities. You have rules and you need to learn what applies and really how to stay within those rules. So I can imagine it can get pretty complicated since it's very situational. What would you say are the most challenging and the most rewarding aspects of your job? I would say that people management can be both the most challenging and the most rewarding. There are situations where certain personnel issues are are challenging, but then there's also opportunity for growth when you're leading a team or having to counsel and develop your team as well as communicating with your peers and being able to negotiate and get people in agreement with the direction you want to go. But I love my team. So I have a fantastic team and they truly make my day every day. And the people you work with make a huge influence on how I enjoy the work that I'm doing It's not just my team, it's the other people that I work with within Adobe as well. That's true. I've noticed even if work is really rough, but you've got a good group of people, it's so much more doable. What advice would you give to a business person or a student looking to work internationally? Be curious, ask a lot of questions. If you don't understand something, ask. That's one thing that we tell our team Uh, my management team, we tell our folks, like, if you don't understand something, ask about it because we don't want you going off and working on something and then not understanding what the purpose is. And in international tax, as well as just working with people all across the globe and some of the cultural matters that we've discussed today, I would say assume the best in people. It's easy to get set in the way we do things and I think assuming the best and not letting those misunderstandings, like cultural misunderstandings, create problems, but assume that people are trying and trying to understand and, and work together. But sometimes there are cultural differences in how things are said or written communication. And so when you're dealing with people from all over the world, I think assume the best intentions. Is there any last thing you'd like to add in? 
I just think be be curious and ask questions. Get to know your counterparts. Don't be afraid to step out and introduce yourself and learn about other people. I think that as you work with people, as you show some interest in them and interest in what they're doing, then I just think whether we're working on the technical stuff or the operational side, the goal is to work together and to come to a resolution. And I think that just putting your best foot forward is probably the best advice I can give. To finish up, did you always know you wanted to work internationally? No, no, I didn't. I mean, like I said, I grew up with international students around, and my parents spent their first two years of marriage in Germany and traveling abroad, and I did a study abroad in Jerusalem when I was in college and traveled afterwards. I just, I love to travel in our family. We all have the travel bug, so it didn't surprise me that I went that direction, but I think it was just, you know, getting into my career and doing the domestic tax when I was in public accounting was very focused on U.S. taxes and started hearing a little bit about international, but the clients I was working on, I had a couple of big ones, but mostly I was working on these little loss companies that weren't doing anything. <laughs> and I, I had an inkling that I wanted to do it, but I was finished with public accounting, like I was ready and done. So when I went to this other company, I just started getting more and more exposure to it and then started doing the work. And when I took this job with Adobe, I was a little nervous because my focus had not previously been international. And yet that was the exciting stuff to me. So my boss gave me a chance and I've never looked back. I really haven't. The international has been great. I love it. Thanks for listening and we hope you join us next week on Cultural Conversations. 